Hello, 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 and welcome to this, the bonus part of today's FYI, where we are checking out Albert Einstein. And I think everybody knows the same couple facts. You know, he had a funky hairdo. A hairdo es un corte de pelo. Um, he has a famous picture where he's sticking out his tongue. And we're going to talk about that picture a little bit later on in this part. But let's start out with that Yoda thing, because I know that that made your ears perk up. To make your ears perk up, es otra forma de hacer que prestes atención. Yeah, I had no idea. I consider myself a Star Wars fan. Well, shame on you, Alberto, for not knowing that Yoda's face was partly modeled after Einstein's. Take a look at those wrinkles. Mira esos, uh, what is the word you say? Esas arrugas. And this is not a conspiracy theory. This is right from the horse's mouth. Desde la fuente. According to Star Wars special effects artist, a guy named Nick Malley, and I quote, a picture of Einstein ended up on the wall behind the Yoda sculptures, and the wrinkles around Einstein's eyes somehow got worked into the Yoda design. There you have it, folks. Ahí lo tienes. You can say, there you have it, or there you go. Straight from the horse's mouth. Now that I think about it, it makes sense. Take a picture of Yoda and a picture of Einstein and put them up and see if they match. Obviously, it's not a spitting image. As I said, it was modeled after him. Some other fun facts about Einstein were that he charged people for an autograph. That's right. If somebody wanted his John Hancock, acordaos, esto es otra forma de decir su firma, he charged them anywhere from one to five bucks. And you're thinking, what? Are you stingy? Eres tacaño? What's your problem, man? These are your fans, and they just want your signature. What doesn't cost any money? Well, hold on. Wait for it, because as I said, there's a twist. So anytime somebody asked him for his autograph, he would charge them, as I said, between one and five bucks. And you know what he did? He donated that money to charity. So it was not that he was greedy. Greedy is, I want more, I want more. Because he donated the money. He even donated the money from his public speaking events, from giving speeches, because he got a lot of money, uh, what we call fees, honorarios, for giving speeches. So autograph charges and fees from speeches were all donated to charity. Now, see? It doesn't sound so bad anymore, does it? Now, we can't talk about this man without talking about his fashion sense or lack thereof. The guy didn't wear socks. No llevaba calcetines. Well, I, okay, in his defense, he was a pretty pragmatic, pretty logical guy. And what he said was, apparently, no matter how smart you are, socks will get holes in them. So he thought the way to avoid getting holes in your socks is by not wearing socks. Problem? 
solution. So he never wore socks for that reason. I mean, he boasted. To boast is to brag. Fanfanoronear. Uh, I don't know how to say that word. To say, look at me. He even boasted to his friends that while he was a student at Oxford, he was allowed to not wear socks. He got away with it. To get away with it is que no hay consecuencias. Because as you know, at these Ivy League universities, there is a strict dress code. But they said, well, Einstein... You're okay. We don't have to worry about you. You can stay here. We're not going to expel you. If you don't want to wear socks, that's fine with us. As I said earlier in the show, Einstein also played the violin, which is interesting because he came from a musical family. His mother was a pianist, so she wanted him to be involved with music from a young age. So she signed him up for violin lessons when he was about five years old. Now, at this tender age, he disliked the lessons. Remember, he didn't like authority in general. But after hearing some sonatas by Mozart, he did an about-face. An about-face es lo que viene de la militar. Te das media vuelta. Cambias un 180. So he did an about-face. And he fell in love with the violin, and ended up playing it until a few years before his death. So that was, I guess, he had many women in his life, but one that remained constant was his violin. Another pastime of his was sailing. Oh, and don't forget, guys, we have an episode of FYI on sailing, and you'll learn so many useful expressions that we use in everyday life. But it wasn't smooth sailing for Einstein. <laughs> Did you get it? If you didn't get it, that means you didn't listen to the episode. Uh, no era todo viento en popa. No era todo sin problemas. <laughs> well, it's because he was really bad at it. What? Einstein bad at something? Que no dominaba algo? That's right. He was bad at sailing. Like, really bad. So bad that his neighbors on Long Island, this was in New York, they frequently would have to help him because he capsized his boat. Oh my God. Smartest guy in the world, but couldn't figure out how to keep his boat afloat. <laughs> hey, whatever floats your boat. <laughs> I've got a lot of jokes today, guys. Whatever floats your boat is lo que te mole a ti, lo que te guste a ti. Now, the good thing about his love of sailing was that he didn't let that get him down. It didn't stop him from sailing. Just because he was a bad sailor, well, it didn't discourage him. And apparently, he didn't even know how to swim. So, smartest guy in the world, doesn't know how to swim, capsizing his boat, you'd think, really? but then he could calculate any formula faster than any computer you've ever used. But that's one of the things I wanted to focus on over here, that he wasn't just some calculator. He wasn't just some machine out there spitting out formulas. He was a guy with a sense of humor. He was a guy who loved women, loved his pipe, loved his violin, as we know, and loved sailing. But he also loved having a laugh and chatting with his friends. And remember earlier I mentioned that 
tongue picture, that famous picture where he's sticking out his tongue. Well, that picture was taken on his 72nd birthday. Uh, He was leaving an event which was held in his honor. Remember, we've looked at this word before, convocado en su honor, held in in his honor. And as he was about to get into his car, the photographers asked him to smile for the camera, which is pretty normal. Oh, and by the way, in English, when we smile, we say cheese, which makes more sense than patata. Why? Because when you say patata, you're not smiling. When you say the word cheese, your mouth automatically smiles. FYI, you guys do what you want. If you keep saying patata, you're going to have a weird face in the pictures. If you say cheese, it'll be a smile. But Einstein was sick of smiling. He was sick and tired of it. Arto. He was always smiling and grinning. So he decided to stick out his tongue. Well, he was inspired. He felt like doing something different. And little did he know this would become one of his most famous photographs. And he loved it too. When he finally saw the photograph, he decided to get copies of it and use it on his greeting cards. So, sus tarjetas de Navidad, he said, this is me. So, as you can see, he had a sense of humor. Another thing that Albert Einstein loved to do was he loved to answer fan mail from kids. So, he would get a lot of mail, obviously, from people all over the world. But kids were sending him mail as well. And he got countless letters from kids. And he always tried to answer emails, listen to me, emails, (laughs) regular mails, as we say, snail mail that was sent by children. So there was one girl, for example, in one letter, and she complained about her difficulty, her troubles with math. And he said to her, and I quote, do not worry about your difficulty in mathematics. I assure you, mine are still greater. So he had a sense of humor. He liked kids, even though he had an illegitimate kid that uh, we still don't know the whole story about. There might have been a dark side to, to Albert Einstein. Well, at least that's what the FBI thought. What? The FBI? When did we start talking about the FBI here? Well, there was an FBI file on Albert Einstein. Does this sound familiar? Do you guys remember in the Beatles episode, we said that the FBI had a file on John Lennon? Well, John Lennon was not alone. They also had a file on Albert Einstein. Imagine that. (laughs) Imagine John Lennon. Okay, bad joke, bad joke. Well, that's right. They had a 1,000 427-page FBI file on Albert Einstein. It was because in 1933, the FBI started to keep an eye on Albert Einstein. This was before his third trip to the United States. So they had a file on him. And why? I know what you're thinking. Why? This guy doesn't seem too dangerous. Well, he was a pacifist. And he was a lifelong pacifist, and he supported the causes of pacifism. Uh, He also supported socialist organizations. And the FBI doesn't like that, especially during a time of war. They're not into pacifists. So isn't that interesting? The FBI had a file on John Lennon and on Albert Einstein 
because they were hanging out with people who wanted peace. Oh, my God. That's pretty scary. Uh, in fact, J. Edgar Hoover, who was the, the head of the FBI, very infamous character, J. Edgar Hoover, uh, he recommended that Einstein be kept out of America. He wanted to uh, induce something called the Alien Exclusion Act. And, well, the State Department of the United States, thank God, uh, they disagreed with him and they overruled his decision. But if you think about it, Albert Einstein was an activist, not like today's people. There are a lot of people today that we call slacktivists. And what does that mean? Well, if you're slack, you're lazy. You're slacking off. So slacktivism is we need to change the world from the comfort of our sofa. It's kind of like lazy activism. But no, no, not Albert Einstein. In fact, he drew so much attention that the FBI started paying attention to what he was doing, and they kept a file on him. Okay, okay, now's the moment you've been waiting for. We talked about his love life a little bit, but as I said, he had a lot of exploits, a lot of affairs, and a lot of wives. And, well, when it came to love, I guess you could say he was no genius. <laughs> okay, really bad joke. But uh, he was married twice. He had multiple extramarital affairs. Uh, in fact, um, supposedly, he had uh, an exploit or an affair with a Russian spy. Wow, how cool is that? Reminds me of that, uh, that movie, The Spy That Loved Me, the James Bond movie. Yeah, it's true. In 1935, Einstein's stepdaughter, her name was Margot, she introduced him to Margarita Koninkova, and they became lovers. And supposedly, she was a Russian spy. So, wow, did you guys ever imagine that his love life was so exciting? Oh, and the icing on the cake, Laginda, he married his first cousin, too. Okay, come on, man, that's a no-brainer. <laughs> you get it, the brain jokes? It's a no-brainer. Eso ni hay que pensarlo, tío. It's a no-brainer. Es de cajón. You don't marry your first cousin, which, I don't know, I just feel like, uh, you know, I'm, I don't, I'm not want to tell people what to do in their lives. But I do feel like there's so many people in the world that you don't have to marry family members. Another interesting story was uh, about Albert's second son. His name is Eduard. Uh, they called him Tete, which is a very common nickname in Spain. Tete. Oye, Tete. <laughs> but uh, I imagine it wasn't the Spanish Tete. And he was institutionalized for most of his adult life. Institutionalized in a mental institution, a psychiatric hospital. And he was diagnosed with schizophrenia. And, uh, well, although they wrote or they kept correspondence, they wrote letters, uh, Albert never saw his son again after he immigrated to the U.S. This was in 1933. And, well, Edward died at the age of 55. Remember, we don't say with 55, we say at 55. And unfortunately, he died in a psychiatric clinic. 
So there are a lot of parts of Einstein's life, his family life, his love life that I was totally in the dark about. To be in the dark is no sabía nada. And I know what you guys are thinking. Wow, this guy really is the bomb. <laughs> you get it? You get the joke? Didn't you know that our friend Albert Einstein had something to do with the bomb? The bomb, the atomic bomb, the nuclear bomb. Yeah, that's right, because in the late 1930s, Einstein learned that uh, new research was being done by German scientists. And they were trying to create what was known as the atom bomb or the atomic bomb. What is known as a doomsday weapon. Doomsday, el día del juicio final. And he was afraid that these weapons in the hands of the Nazis would, you know, lead to what we call mad, mutually assured destruction. So he decided that he had to do something. He had to warn the American government. So him, along with a Hungarian physicist, I was going to say psychologist, no, physicist Leo Szilard, and they got together and wrote a letter. And in that letter, they urged FDR, FDR is how we say Franklin Delano Roosevelt, to conduct atomic research. Basically, summing up, what he said was, the Nazis are working on it, and we don't want to fall behind. We don't want the Nazis to be able to develop this technology, because then, surely, the war will be over. So, Einstein, he didn't participate in building the bomb or design it or anything like that. But him, along with, as I said, Leo Szilard, his buddy, they wrote a letter to FDR, and he took heed. To take heed means to pay attention, to listen. And so they developed what was known as the Manhattan Project. I think we can do an episode on the Manhattan Project. It's uh, fascinating how the atomic bomb was built in secrecy, but by thousands of people all over the United States. Albert Einstein regretted this. He had deep regrets about bringing about, in his opinion, Hiroshima and Nagasaki. Now, again, he was not responsible for anything, really, except telling the president, we better get our stuff together. To get our stuff together, S-H-I-T, in vez de stuff, is vamos a ponernos las pilas. And so he was really upset about that and something that he took to the grave with him. One of his, his deepest regrets was urging FDR to get America involved in a nuclear program. This is what he said about that event. He said, Had I known that the Germans would not succeed in producing an atomic bomb, I never would have lifted a finger. That's what he told Newsweek. And then later on, one of the interesting things is later on in his life, he became uh, an advocate, un defensor, of uh, nuclear disarmament. And, well, uh, he became an advocate for peace in general, La Paz. Oh, here's another fun fact that I came across as well. Einstein was a slow learner at first. So, as I said, he wasn't a bad student but he was a slow learner. What does that mean? Well, it took him a long time to learn to speak. In fact, they said he didn't start speaking 
until the age of three. Now, I know as a parent, sometimes kids start speaking at the age of two. But you know what? I also know as a parent that some kids speak before other kids, and some kids walk before other kids, and other kids are potty trained before other kids. Potty trained means uh, that enseñado a ir al baño, I think you would say. So again, you can't measure yourself or your kid by everyone else. You gotta use your own measuring stick. And that reminds me of a quote, an Albert Einstein quote. He said, everybody is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will live its whole life believing that it is stupid. Translation. We all have different skills, different abilities, and we need to know our strengths and weaknesses so we can exploit our strengths and we can work on our weaknesses. And we'll wrap up the bonus part of today's show looking at a few other quotes. I hope you guys are enjoying the episode and that you're finding it inspirational. Another quote. Imagination is more important than knowledge. I love it. Imagination is more important than knowledge. Y vosotros ya sabéis pronunciar knowledge porque lo vimos al principio del programa. Another one, this is a very popular one, I'm sure you're familiar with. Two things are infinite. The universe and human stupidity. And I'm not sure about the universe. <laughs> Again, showing his sense of humor. Another one he says, and this is good for teachers, this is good for students, if you can't explain it simply, you don't understand it well enough. And that's true. I tell my students, and it's something that I like to work on, being succinct, getting your point across without saying too much or too little. Another one that shows how selfless he was, and remember, selfish es egoísta, selfless es que no estás, no te importa tanto tú, tú, tú siempre, right? So this is the opposite of selfish, selfless. And he was selfless, at least it seemed that way. And he said, only a life lived for others is a life worthwhile. Solo una vida vivida por otros o para otros, para el bien de otros, is a life worthwhile, que vale la pena. Another one, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. Oh, I couldn't agree more. Some of the most um, amazing things that have happened to me in my life have been when I was in a, a bad situation. I was in a moment of adversity. So remember that, in the middle of difficulty lies opportunity. And the last one, which I think I want to leave you with this one because it's the way to approach English learning or any process in life. And he said, life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. And that's my advice to you and Albert Einstein's advice to you. Keep at it. Keep moving. Keep pedaling away. Eventually, you're going to get somewhere, but it doesn't matter where you're going as long as you're enjoying the ride. Thank you so much for taking this ride with me on this week's episode of F.Y.I.